What radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee's Dan. Would you like a cup of coffee? What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, DJLittleRock.com, DJLittleRock.com. It's the place that you go when you need some entertainment. Video dance parties and karaoke jams are my specialty. Weddings, oh yeah, they're my specialty. You know what I reminded myself just now of? Uh, Bill Paxton. I remember he was in, oh, Predator 2. If you check out his character, one of the things that he did was ever whenever they sent him out on assignment, whatever it might be, it was he would tag it with, oh yeah, that's my specialty. Hey, I need some surveillance on that character over there. Oh, yeah. Surveillance is my specialty. So, yes, weddings, events, video dance parties, karaoke jams. I like to entertain the people. Let me play for you. Let me entertain you. Let me be the guy behind the ones and twos. Yeah, I actually still have ones and twos, the digital wheels of steel. I have the the turntables that, uh, well, they're steel turntables. I have my pioneers that I use to control the MP3s and flow them seamlessly from song to song. I can even match, uh, beat match and, you know, like I used to do with my, uh, my Technique 1200s. And if you're a DJ or you've ever been around DJs, you know that Technique 1200s were and probably always will be the standard, the industry standard. I miss my techniques, but I got my pioneer DDJs and uh, they do very well. So enough of that technical jargon before I get way too ahead of myself today on the program, Ethan Bailey, young man of the world. The future belongs to you, Ethan Bailey. He is uh, into some cool stuff. Yeah, you know, I met up with him and and rode around with him for a little bit, and we uh, we met up over at the the Hardee's in uh, Russellville, Arkansas, and had a had some lunch and did a little podcast, and he talked about some interesting stuff. So uh, uh, let's uh, let's find out more about Ethan Bailey. Uh, this week's shows, if you're listening to the podcast as soon as I put it out, uh, this Saturday Saturday I'll be at the CosCon in uh, little rock arkansas and the just by right by the airport as far as i know i think it's by the airport it's uh cos con and cos prom so during the day from 10 till about four maybe even six 10 to 10 until sometime in the afternoon to the early evening it's a cos con so it's a a comic-con of sorts but it's primarily uh featured or focusing on cosplay so if you're really into cosplay which i'm i don't know if i can't i'm into cosplay i i'm in the cosplay i have original characters that i create from time to time but i appreciate the cosplayers all the effort that they put into to putting these outfits together and some of them are just as good 
I, or even better, sometimes they reimagine the characters that are from the movies and the comic books, and they become those characters. And when you see them, you see them. Uh, if, if you ever see a cosplayer that's not in cosplay, they're one way, you know, probably still nice people. But when they get into that cosplay, they become that character you know you put that wonder woman outfit on and yes you are from themiscara and you can beat any man in combat yes and you you put on that that uh, aquaman outfit and you could swim in the sea and talk to the fishies yeah i know aquaman does way more than just talk to fish <laughs> i think growing up i remember that i remember that aquaman was always the the one that they made fun of in the super friends uh so what's your power uh, you talk to fish. Yeah, here on the land, we just, I don't think we're going to need you. Go ahead and uh, do the backstroke there, Aquaman. <laughs> uh, I feel I feel for him. I feel for him. But uh, I think the new Aquaman, the movies have uh, have changed all that for the better. Aquaman is so much more. And, and from what I understand, even in the comic books, his trident that he carried was magical or magical enough to where it pierced superman's skin so he's got that going for him he's got good weapons piercing the man of steel man i don't know why i'm going on a tangent so uh yeah the Coscon. so excited about that and then in the evening i'll be djing at the cause prom so Coscon flip 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 turns into cause prom i'll be playing all your favorite hits I'll be playing some stuff that that you may not have heard of. Uh, you know, there's you can ask for pretty much anything you want. If it's out there, I pretty much got it. You know, as long as I have internet, I'll buy it for you right there and, and play it for you. And the people, uh, you know, I know at the last Coscon we had not just the pop hits that you'd hear on typical radio stations, even the classic rock and and the uh, you know the dance songs that that people hear on the top forty. But uh, even beyond that, they were li- they were asking for a lot of a lot of K-pop. There was a lot of that, a lot of remixes of of superhero movie themes, dance remixes. Uh, yes, I had such a blast last year at the Cos Prom, and I'm looking forward to this Saturday, July 27th, the Cos Con and the Cos Prom. Thank you to all, especially Christine Higgins, that uh, put helped to. Really, she masterminded this. Uh, I know she's had some help from quite uh, quite a few people uh, throughout the Little Rock, Arkansas area and, and the Central Arkansas area. But, uh, yeah, I think Christine Higgins, she's pretty much the, the mastermind of all this. It's her brainchild, so you got to give her the credit. So uh, I think I've talked a lot long enough in this intro. It's probably the longest intro I've had. <laughs> I just I started talking about superheroes and I geeked out a little bit. I, I think I I think I like the superheroes. <laughs> I and you know bad me. I haven't seen the new Spider Man yet. Far from home. I I mean I caught the 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 uh, the last Avengers movie, the End Game. And yeah, that was so good. But I know I have to see Far From Home, and that's the the last in the in this series of Marvel movies. So bad me. Maybe I'll do that Sunday. I know I like to keep Sundays for laziness. Lazy Sunday when I go laze out at the movies. Here I am again talking about 
<laughs> Marvel movies and superheroes. I guess, you know, you think about superheroes and it's it's people that are more than you, more than yourselves. It's what people can become. But it's also a metaphor. You know, the the superheroes, if you listen to Stan, the late Stan Lee, when he was talking about his superheroes, he, he always related them to, you know, that Spider-Man was a, you know, just a kid who was a loner and always kept to himself. And he was quiet and kind of a nerdy kid. But then he got these powers and broke out and, be, you know, put the mask on and became more than he was. But when he took the mask off, mm, he was back to being, trying to be a normal kid, live a normal life with a girlfriend and family, you know, his Aunt May and stuff. So, yeah, it's... uh superheroes and and the books and the comic books uh, you know i grew up on them and i'm sure a lot of people uh, you know I, I know a lot of people grew up on superhero comics and saturday morning cartoons and uh the the super friends and anybody who watched the super friends on saturday morning would know this inekchok yeah i don't even have to say who that is if you've seen the super friends you know what that is <laughs> All right, party people, let's get into it with Ethan Bailey. Ethan Bailey, I don't even have to call him. Uh, he, Like I said, he met up with me over at the, the Hardee's in Russellville, Arkansas. We took a break and had some food. So let's get into it with Ethan Bailey now. Ethan Bailey, welcome to the show. What's up, man? What makes you famous? You are famous, man. You're, uh, you're famous know, man. to somebody, anyway. You got a family that loves you. Yeah. People that that yeah. need you around. I got my boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got your boy. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Ethan Bailey, history buff, uh, crystals. You're into rock climbing and stuff like that, and, and yep. finding finding treasures. But uh, you're into a lot of different things, man. Yeah, and, and, you, and the world is fascinating, and, and you have a, a good take on it. So tell the people just a little bio of who you are, Ethan Bailey. Well, uh, this burger's kind of messy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're sitting here in Hardee's at Russellville doing this recording. We got some people in the background, and it might sound like a lady in the background, but it's an old dude, man. I like that. <laughs> it's an old I like dude, that. Man. It's an old dude. He's he's talking loud on his phone, so it might be in the background a little bit, but I think we'll be fine. We we yeah. got our lavalier mics pretty close to our talking holes, and yeah, man. Uh, we're gonna have some uh, we're gonna have some lunch while we're doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm just a normal old dude from Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. Is that a small town? It's a super small town. I huh? think it's a thousand thousand people. Thousand people in Greer's Ferry. So everybody knows everybody. If you know where Heber Springs is, it's on the other side of it. Well, place. you imagine there's people all over the world, somewhere yeah. in Arkansas. So is it still central Arkansas, or is it more of a northern Arkansas? It's like north central. North central. Yeah. So heading towards the top of the state. Yeah. And what can you do in Greer Ferry? You go to the lake, you can go fishing, 
It's summertime right now, and I've heard people going to the lake. And whenever they mention the lake, it's usually Greer's Ferry Lake. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. So does the population double, triple during oh, the summertime? Man, it gets so bad you can't uh, use your phone. Your cell phone service just drops completely. That is hilarious. Yeah, it's terrible. Terribly hilarious. Pretty funny. Yeah. I guess a small town would have that problem if they had a certain amount of tourism, and you do. I would say about around around about five thousand people come during like holiday weekends to our side of the lake. Yeah, and it gets pretty bad, but it really it really ain't that bad though. All right, so during the week. It's pretty calm, Greer's Ferry. But then on the weekends, uh, what opens up? Do, do many businesses kind of pop up? Oh, yeah. Um, Food I, trucks? I actually have two friends, uh, the Galizis. They uh, have two food trucks that they park outside of a, a little hobby store. And they make a killing over the weekend. It's pretty cool. A food truck? What kind of food truck? Just like a... I don't know, a small little food trailer, I don't know. They okay. just make burgers and stuff. Oh, well, American food, Good, yeah. you know, like, yeah. all, you know, burgers, fries, I guess, chips. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and you were telling me that before the podcast, that that was something that maybe you'd want to delve into. Oh, man, yeah. Get in a food It'd truck. Be cool, man. What kind of food would you want to... Uh, Either a food truck or that uh, selling necklaces and stuff like that, take it to a concert. Well, let's go there. Yeah, man. You sell necklaces. What kind of necklaces do you do? Uh, uh, arrowhead necklaces and crystal necklaces and stuff like that. How do you come about these things? I go out to Mount Ida, Arkansas, dig up my own crystals and stuff. and. Mount Ida sounds even smaller than Greer's Ferry. <laughs> it's really not. It's, it's by Hot Springs. Okay. Hot Springs would be a further south, maybe south central Arkansas is is Hot Springs, and Mount Ida is around there. It's a little bit, a uh, little bit west, closer. Closer to Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, I think I've been out that way. Yeah, I went to to Mina. Um, for yeah, I went to Mina, Arkansas, which. And I think I was on a mountain called Wilhelmina, and if you looked off the mountain, you could pretty much see Oklahoma. Is that where Mount Ida is around that area? Yeah, somewhat. Don't get me lying, man. Don't, <laughs> don't get me lying on you. Ah, geography. This is called Fuzzy Geography, featuring Ethan Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> and Keys Dan. <laughs> no, nah, man. So, uh, so, primarily, what were you thinking about discussing? Because the, the, the crystals were really... Interesting to me. Uh, you know, you pulled out a few crystals that you had that were raw. Yeah, and, man. And then you have one crystal that you're wearing as a necklace. Yeah, man. And what does that do for you, Ethan I, Bailey? I'm not real sure. A lot of people think it has to do with good energy and stuff like that, but I just think they look cool. All right. I have a crystal in the Florida Keys. It's a pretty eclectic place. I'm from the Florida Keys, which is where Keys Dan comes from, in case you haven't heard this podcast before. But by now, you should probably know that. Um, there was a, a a medium. She called herself a kind of a health, a, a faith healer, a medium, a Wiccan. I'm not sure what cl- category she was in, but she sold crystals, amongst other things. 
and I went in there to the to her shop because she seems pretty nice and and I've always uh, enjoyed her company when I've seen her on the streets. Yeah. But I went into her shop and she said choose a crystal and I picked one. And I thought it was pretty nice and I tried to go go from her wallet and she says no it's yours. That's the one you chose. That's the one that chose you. You needed that one for your energy. So I said, how are you making any money if you're giving away crystals? She goes, no, no, I can afford to give you this one. Is that something that you do? Where you gift these things or are you making them to, to sell? I, I make necklaces to sell and stuff like that. Like super, it's super easy yeah. to do, but all my friends have got them for free. But that's just because they're around me all the time. Hey. Don't tell people that they're easy to make. <laughs> you could charge more. <laughs> no, I'm good at it. I'm good at what I do, though. Okay. So, making the necklaces, is it wrapping them with string or gold uh, or... Uh, copper wire. Copper actually. wire. Or any wire that people choose, like blue, red. Yeah, the one that he's wearing on his necklace, it's, a, it's, it's on a, a string... And I'll try not to make you hit the lavalier mic too much because that, oh, that causes a lot of... Not, but there's there's some weights, it looks like. Yeah, little... Uh, oops, sorry. Little uh, beads. And then copper wire. It's super simple, but... And it's so pretty. It yeah. is so pretty, man. And I noticed you don't keep it on top of your shirt. You keep it really close to your skin. And the person that I was talking about in the floor in Key Largo, she told me to keep it pressed right to my skin. Yep. And she says that will channel some energy. I'm yep. not sh- I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not sure if it does, but it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. <laughs> I, I think the uh, the ancients had it figured out. I don't really think we know. We've got we use so much modern technology that we kind of forgot our past, really. Yeah, and that leads us into the next portion of the discussion yeah. the ancients good yeah, segue Ethan Bailey <laughs> yeah man I think you've done this before man you've talked about this kind of thing you've fascinated me yesterday when we were uh, riding home I, I I went ahead you know while we were parked I pressed the record button <laughs> and then I put it in the dash and I did not touch my electronics while we were driving home see do not touch your electronics while you're driving this is a public service message from Keys Dan and the What Makes You Famous podcast. Yeah, man. So, in that little 45-minute deal, which I think we got 48 minutes, I, I got a little insight on what you're into, the ancients, studying ancient cultures, and it fascinated me. Now, that uh, audio wasn't so great, but I am going to put it at the end of this podcast as kind of a supplement if you want to listen to it. I'm cleaning it up a little bit and making it sound, you know, give some quality. But now you're going to structure it a little bit more about the ancients, ancient histories, is what you're into, Ethan Bailey. That's Tell right, Tell the people what about, man. All right. Well, we started off with crystals. Uh, we might as well finish on that. Mm-hmm. Or start on that anyway. Sure. Let me see... Uh, Okay, where was I at? Right now you're digging through your phone, digging looking through my for phone. some pictures. Digging through my phone, man. Uh, all right, quartz crystals. 
When I said the ancients had it figured out, yeah. Well, we kind of use crystals today, like with watches and stuff like that. Like I was saying yesterday. Yeah. But um, that's about all we use them for. We don't really understand the properties they use. I think the ancients did, and they used them kind of like like beacons, like uh, like telephone poles. Like how we use telephone poles today, but mm-hmm. wirelessly. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because every culture around the world, every ancient culture, used the same building techniques, used the same kind of stone, rocks, like um, andesite, quartz, diorite, granite. Why did they use these building materials? Well, they contain a lot of quartz, like... Um, granite and diorite they contain a lot of quartz and I think they figured out how to channel this energy through like kind of like how we use roads Mm -hmm. like how you just want to go someplace and you don't even realize that you're that you're picking up on this energy okay I'm just following the road. It's been laid out. Exactly. Well, if you follow ancient roads at all, if you look like look at a, an ancient site from above, it kind of looks like a computer chip has been laid out. I have it's, seen that. It's super weird. But it's pretty cool. And not only just in one part of the world, like Giza looks like a processing chip on a motherboard. Anchor Wat, it looks like a motherboard itself, how it's laid out. You said Kawat? Anchor Wat. Anchor Wat. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. the reason why I bring this up, and there's Greece, Mexico, Teotihuacan in Mexico. Who in Mexico? Teotihuacan in Mexico. Teotihuacan. It's in Mexico City. That's like Uncle Tiquitan. <laughs> yeah. Teotihuacan, yeah. Well, anyway, that pyramid there, there's a lot of weird things that correlate between that and the Egyptian pyramid. Right. Like uh, they have the same base perimeter down to like the foot. And that's all the way across the world. Once in southern Mexico and once in Egypt. Mm-hmm. N- had no contact. And they pretty much, well... Do we know they had no contact? Yeah. Well, supposedly, mm-hmm. what we've been taught in school, we haven't right. learned that. So, uh, well, anyway, the Egyptian pyramid, it's like, there's a mathematical formula for it. It's like a two times pi high or something, mm-hmm. or four times pi pi high is the height of the pyramid in Egypt. Sure. Well, the one in Mexico is exactly half that tall. So two times pi high or whatever. How? But, and they have the same base perimeter, so it's almost like exactly half the structure. And it's built out of uh, this rock. It's like a mica, I think, is what it's called. Mm -hmm. It's they normally use this stuff to uh, make oven glass. 
to withstand like thousands of degrees heat, of yeah. heat. Yeah. Well, when you look at it from above, it really does look like a computer chip. Really, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Let me see here. Other other things that I was talking about. Yeah, let's give some examples of of what what you're trying to get into here. <laughs> well, anyway, the reason why I know so much about this is I wanted to know how to move huge blocks. I could not figure out how they did it. I still don't know how. Yeah, yesterday we mentioned the Coral Castle. I've been yeah. there. It's a, I've never been there. It's an amazing place. This guy, you know, buck 50, maybe? 150? No. 50, no. no, not even 150 pounds? Maybe, I think it was like 97 pounds. He's a, he was 50, little guy. Like 50 years old. Little guy, 50 years old, in Florida, in the heat. The biggest block he moved was... 9,000 pounds. No, it was 30 tons. 30 tons? 30 tons. Okay, that might have been one of the walls. 60 Because they had that pounds. door that was yeah. 9,000 pounds, and it's pivoted. It's, it's this coral door. It's amazing. If you get the chance, look up the Coral Castle in Florida. You'll see all these places where he perched himself. He he had places that were, you know, led out to astrological planes and things like that. And very spiritual. But he's moving these corals, these coral rocks that are amazingly heavy. Many, he, he had them shipped by train to a field and moved them from there, supposedly by himself, to many miles away oh, to yeah. the Coral Castle. Yeah, you uh, And this is things that you were trying to get into. Yeah, well, that's the only megalithic uh, site that, well, modern megalithic site that has ever been really constructed. Mm-hmm. So there's like one out in South Carolina, but it was done with modern machines. Mm-hmm. And he says he did it with ancient techniques and he did it in secret, so. Yeah, he had passed away by the time I got there. To, to uh, it was a tourist uh, a, a trap or a tourist spot. Yeah, and they had said that the door, nine thousand pound door, had fallen <coughs> off of its axis. So to get it back on there, they had had the biggest crane available, put it back on its axis, and he did it by himself. Yeah. Hundred pound man. Yeah, it was. It's crazy. Well, anyway, I think he figured out how the ancients did it. Mm-hmm. He says that in his journal. Okay. The main main thing he says, uh, excuse me, he says, uh, I figured out the ways of the ancient Egyptians. Mm-hmm. So that turned me to ancient Egypt. And I think that is the key to all cultures is ancient Egypt because it's it's the Mecca. It's uh, the yeah. great, the Great Pyramid. People go and are, are in awe. Now that's a place I haven't been, but I'd like to go. I'm definitely. But they're in go. awe of these amazing feats of of skill and strength. And you figure, okay, maybe if a hundred men or a thousand men uh, were pushing these stones across these logs, how'd they get there? How'd they do it? I don't think they did it like you that. You don't think they did it that way? It would take them too long. If you think about it, if you calculate it, they would have to move, uh, I think, somewhere, something along the lines of like six six blocks per minute to get it done in the time period, they said, which is 
kind of impossible, <laughs> I think. It's not impossible. The Egyptians had a lot of slaves, you know. Yeah, but I'm not sure about it. I, I'm not sure about it. But I don't think it could be done in the 20-year span that they give it credit for. What's your theory? I think it was done way, way older. Same with the Sphinx. Mm. The Sphinx, I, I take all my um, credit from learning all this from uh, Robert Schock, mm-hmm. the geologist, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Duvall, the archaeoastronomist, mm. um, Graham Hancock, the journalist, and uh, Randall Carlson. G- another geologist. No, I've heard Robert Schock talk for, for, for talk for sure. Yeah, uh, Graham Hancock though he's he's probably my favorite references I would say. What did he do? Well, he's just a journalist. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, he has a whole a totally different outlook on ancient history, yeah. how people were and are. It's it's cool if you get a chance. Look him up. It's pretty cool. His name is Graham Hancock. Okay. And what did he teach you? Well, anyway, some of the things I've learned uh-huh. from him um, or from his videos or podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Still looking through your phone. Still, still looking, got Still some, got pictures. Some reference material. Okay. Well, this is about the Great Pyramid alone. Right. Anyway, you take the coordinates from the Great Pyramid itself... And it, if you just, it says 2.29.9792458. No, degrees north. Sure. All right, speed of light is 29.9792458 in meters per second. <laughs> but they didn't know anything about meters back then. That was their royal cubit. You get the same measurements. But I thought we came meters. up with a royal cubit was a it uh, is about a foot it point is. eighty five. Yeah, but it's still using the metric. It's mm. not like feet like how we use feet. It's right. Still in decimal form. Sure. Okay. Well, anyway, and how that's another thing about it is this. This is really cool. If you draw a circle. Around it, around the a circle pyramid. around the pyramid, pyramid, a perfect circle. A circle touching the inside faces of the pyramid. That is the symbol for the speed of light itself. Like that's our symbol that we came up with. Now, do you think that we came up with that symbol because of this? No, because of our uh, aerodynamics when we uh, bursted through the sound barrier. Sure. Well, anyway, now speed of sound or speed of light. Speed of sound. Speed of sound. Speed of sound. That so, was so the those speed of sound. This contractor is circles. A circle within a circle is the speed of sound. Yeah. A symbol. Okay. With that triangle. But well, anyway, well, the square. The pyramid is eight-sided too, so that has a lot to do with the measurements too. There's a lot of key measurements that you got to remember. Like yeah, you mentioned that the, the pyramid was eight-sided, but you could only see it at what point? During the summer solstice. One day, one day a year, or two days a year, maybe. Now, what what makes it eight sided? Because all I see is four sides when I see it. It's slightly concaved on the on each side. So, like in the on the top, like an, it all the way com- comes in. It, 
All right, take your four sides mm-hmm. and then split them again into halves. Sure. And that's eight sides. And that's eight sides. Like a... Let me see here. Oh, not that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let me see. That ain't it. Here we go. Nope. Nope. Let me see. Boom. Like this. See what I mean? Yeah, you have your, your pyramid, and it's not just the four sides, but each triangle of the pyramid is split in half as well. Creating, so you're saying that creating that, perfect right triangles. So that bounces them. out a little bit on the pyramid. So it's not just the, the main big four sides. There's also a split in the middle that yeah. comes out a little bit. Absolutely. And that's eight sides. It, it doesn't come out. It goes in. Oh, okay. So it's, it, it's con- con- concave. Concave, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks for that explanation, Ethan well, anyway, Bailey. Yeah, and the only time you can see it is when the light hits it at a certain angle mm-hmm. on the summer solstice, which is like June 21st through the 23rd. Yeah. Which uh, which is pretty cool. I missed it this year. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to shoot for next year. Absolutely, man. There's another pyramid uh, in Chichen Itza, I think. Chichen Itza? I think so. Is that Mexico? Yeah. Somewhere in South America? Yeah, it's a... Uh, I think it's a Mayan pyramid. I, I can't remember. Or an Aztec pyramid. I think it's a Mayan pyramid. But it's slightly... Uh, it's not turned, like, facing, like, all four sides facing, like, the cardinal points like the Great Pyramid is. It's slightly turned offset to all the directions. And when the, when the summer solstice happens, mm-hmm. the sun rises, and it looks like... Their serpent god is literally a physical representation of their serpent god going up to the top of the pyramid. Yeah. And then when the sun sets later on that day, you can see the serpent coming down on the staircase. Come on. With the shadow effect. These from people the, were from the in touch with the sun, in touch with astrology and yep. that kind of thing. Well, anyway. So you say Mayans or Aztec? Did we figure it out? I think that's... Mayans, I can't. Well, they were responsible for that calendar, and the world ended it in 2012. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, but that was you pretty freaky. That out. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the reason why I say all this: Egypt, Egyptian architecture is not the only. Like I got to looking at the certain building style. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, like the outside walls of Egypt. It, like you could take a picture really close up to it and you couldn't really see that it's a pyramid mm-hmm. and you would be thinking you would be staring at a wall in Peru, South America. Because of similar building styles. Because it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. Then you can do the same thing to the walls, to certain walls in Greece, Japan, China, Easter Island. And another... And these people never had contact with each other no, that we know of. That we know of. Another thing is the uh, removal of stone, like out of their quarries. Okay. You see these shovel-looking marks? It kind of looks like they took a shovel through mud, but it, the mud is being the rock, solid rock. Right. And that is over two or 
two or three million cubic feet of rock taken out of a cave in China. This is China. Yeah, this is in China. Is some red this, red did, rock, or is that lights that are turning it red? This, that, those are lights. Okay. Well, anyway, this was actually underwater for about two thousand years, give or take, until a, a farmer found it, a rice farmer. So they pumped it out. Sure. And found this huge complex and this is only one room that you're looking at this complex hap- like goes on for like I think 12 more rooms just like that so this is an ancient cavern man made man made cavern man made cavern in China that a, a rice farmer found it's pretty cool it is pretty cool well, anyway I'm looking at columns do you see the clear marks the lines mm-hmm. now I seen those and I was like I think I was thinking to myself I was like man I've seen those before so I looked at this picture in Peru and I seen them again the scoop marks right there that's the scoop marks that I've seen and then I was thinking man I've seen those again somewhere else and I was looking in Easter Island on this cave wall and this is in Egypt same scoop marks and that's underneath their biggest obelisk so there's only so many kinds of tools that you can build that uh, use to to build these and this is solid excavate this is solid granite is is that important granite is like that i would say on a scale of one to ten it's an it's an eight in hardness the okay, thing and diamonds would be the 10. Diamond, yeah. Okay. So how do you excavate granite using hand tools? That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. Ah, this is the mystery. This is the mystery. I don't see how they... The, they say they only had copper tools. Right. So Copper would have bent all crazy. Yeah, and then you look at these marks, these construction marks on there. It's almost like they could either soften stone mm-hmm. or cut it in such a way that it it was so easy to them like with a laser well diamonds can be cut and yeah, and, yeah I've seen you know where, where they use a chisel or something to get a diamond cut eh. what kind of a chisel what, what are they what but are they using you, to cut diamonds how you cut a diamond is different yeah I'm, I'm not sure how, how that's done but You'd have to be able to use a similar tool to cut something a little less hard. Look, look at this. This uh, this is really cool. This is a uh, just on a plate, actually. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's showing me these. Uh, this picture of a plate. It's is it square or is it rectangular it's, like it's that? Round. It's just a plate. Oh, like a round, a round plate. plate with anyway, eyes. It and has eyes. And what looked like old flutes or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just kind of a representation of a maybe a musical instrument of some yeah. kind. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, those, if you look, like, inside the eye, you can actually see the drill marks pushed down and moved around, kind of like on a CNC machine. Well, anyway. What's a CNC machine? CNC machine. Did we ever Is that the water? 
Did we ever press our luck? I did. I did not. You can always do it later. Okay. Um, but anyway, a CNC machine, pretty much you can program. Like, say you wanted a perfect... Do it, do it now. A and perfect face. An hour, an hour yeah. from now. Sorry about this. Books, no, we're punching fine. out for lunch. <laughs> you're punching numbers. Zero, 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 Still zero, hanging out zero, here zero, at Hardee's in Russellville with Ethan Bailey having our lunch while we're talking about ancient things, man. Yeah, man. All right, we're back. And we're back. And I'm back, man. Well, anyway, a CNC machine kind of works like a... Like, it takes all the air out of human hands. Okay. Like when you work with your hands, you have... Like, even if you're a professional, like... The master craftsman. Okay. There's still going to be error in your work. It'll be very small error. Mm-hmm. But a CNC machine, sometimes you'll have error, sometimes you won't. Uses like, what? Say, say you want to make a completely transparent face. When mm-hmm. I say transparent, I mean you can take a picture of it, a clear picture of it, and then turn it over on itself and have no flaws. That's exactly what these the Egyptian statues. That's exactly what you can do with the Ramses statue. If you take a picture of it, it is completely transparent down to the thousandth of an inch. All right, I looked it up. It says something about like a, a laser printer, yeah. or, or a, like a three D printer. Absolutely. So it kind of c- cuts using a lie, a lathe, a, a scale, and that's what a CNC machine does. Uses a scale. Yeah. To kind of cut with precision. And judges depth. In too. precision. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, well, anyway, we got that down. Yeah, we got that down. Anyway, the Egyptians knew, knew how to use these tools, or not the Egyptians. I think there was a culture way beyond, but we're not going. Mm. We're no, not. go for it, man. Uh, we man. can go for it. All right, well. I'm, hey, I'll say aliens. We got aliens? <laughs> no, no, man, I don't think so. But uh, it's not out of possibility of, for us to have figured it out and just right. forgot it, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's happened many times before. Where, you know, you, what is it, the Romans, they knew about aqueducts and then they forgot about it. Yeah, you know? type thing, yeah. But this, this is a uh, granite stone in, in Russia. Okay. How do you drill that shape? I do not know how you it's drill a... a Hexagonal <laughs> looks like let's see it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven pointed star into a, a granite rock. Now is that in depth? That is like about, a hole. That is a hole all the way through the rock. How do you do this? <laughs> you do perfect. Yeah, that's not it's, a drill bit. It's pretty crazy. That is. And granite is like a very brittle rock once you get it. Once it's at its final state of, like, how we walk on it today or, like, how you use it for countercups. Like, if you hit it with a hammer, it could fracture and chip off. Yeah, so that's... that's it's kind of brittle. Is that solid granite? Well, yeah. That you use for these, the, the countertops? Yeah. These, but that's the hardest substance, or close to one of the hardest, close, hardest substance. Close but, to it. But once you use it in manufacture, it becomes brittle? No. What I'm saying is, once it's, like... Once it comes out of uh, being formed, once mm-hmm. it forms in the ground, mm-hmm. once it gets to where, like, 
what we walk on and what we use for countertops, it's already at its hardest place it'll like its hardest state it'll ever be. Sure. So when it's that hard, it's super easy to fracture. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Uh, so it won't fracture in a straight line, but it'll fracture in well, shards. Well, you know when you uh, pour concrete in the first like hour, it's still soft. Sure. And you can bend it and move it. Well, once it hardens, and you uh, try to move it, and then it cracks. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. It's super easy to break. All right. Are we going with the earthquake proof? Because you mentioned that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all these structures, like in uh, Peru, China, uh, Japan, Egypt, Greece, uh, the Belize uh, structures in the Philippines, all these structures all around the world, not just those sites that are named, almost every ancient site has the same building technique and same structures. And they're all earthquake-proof. That's why they are still standing to this day. Yeah. The main reason why the Grand, the Great Pyramid is still standing, because Egypt sits on one of the biggest fault lines in the world. And it's sand. And it's sand. <laughs> and know? it's built on sand. Yeah. Well, not really. Not Okay, so there, there is hard ground underneath. Well, no, there is a man-made cavern system underneath the Giza Plateau that you've never even heard or learned about i'm just learning about it right now from you ethan bailey there's only uh i think six maybe maybe six accounts of it being written down through throughout history Mm -hmm. i think a roman actually uh drew it out on a map or something like that it's it's pretty cool to go into but i'm not i don't really know that okay but there's a cavern underneath the pyramid and then under and then under that there's a uh an awkward an aquifer too underneath that underneath that uh, sandstone base there is a aquifer underneath that potable water yeah. people can drink well it's water fluctuated by the Nile runs mm. through it so it's constantly well that's important in the desert well anyway <laughs> there, there's something about the Great Pyramid that is just amazing mm-hmm. I think it's a machine you think that's where they snuck their they kept their water supply no 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 absolutely. nothing to do with that no Okay. Because the whole Nile yeah, you got Valley the Nile sitting over there. Wolf would flood every year. It didn't, like, it used to flood all the way up to the pyramid itself until, like, the late or the early 1900s. They built a, uh, a dam. Yeah. And So the Nile used it. to go all the way up to the pyramid. Yeah, there's, like, pictures of it. There's black and white pictures of it being, like, right at the Sphinx or and right at the base of the pyramids. It's amazing. You yeah, always expect cool. the desert to be barren. Yeah, just barren. Well, anyway, what I was what I was getting at. Please. These uh, these structures are all done in the same way. Which, like you know how we build our brick houses, they're like made out of super small bricks, and there's just a lot of them put together by mortar. Sure. Well, You're anyway, not talking about cinder block. You're talking about well, even cinder blocks. Okay. Even cinder blocks. When you do that with mortar, mm-hmm. you're creating its own weakness. Mm-hmm. It's super hard to us and like wind. Sure. But to earthquake, it, it fractures and breaks because the ground underneath is vibrating at a frequency that the building itself cannot vibrate altogether. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you have a solid stone, the earth will make that vibrate. It'll either match it or break it. Yeah. So anything solid and freestanding will just shift, not not break, in other words. So using regular bricks, uh, the, the regular rectangular brick that you would see, uh, for the most part, it, there, that's not very earthquake-proof. No. You would have to have bricks of a different well, shape, well, maybe? Well, no. If they were solid and there was enough of them with no mortar, then it would stand a lot better than a brick house, per se. Hmm. Like, if you just had a pile of them... A pile of bricks that were shaped into a house, no mortar. If it was completely solid all the way from the front door to the back door. If it was completely solid, it would not hurt it as bad as an empty house. You oh, see yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. It's like a, a shell. Of, it's like, a, yeah, it's a like putting an egg on top of a, the hood of a Jeep mm-hmm. going down a, a trail. That's basically what you're doing with building a, a brick house like I'm that. totally lost on this egg. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like an empty shell putting on, like, I know the that an egg, if you, if you hold it one way, if you hold it upwards, it's the, the strongest thing in the world. You can balance no, yourself no, on the no, top of it. But saying. if you put it sideways, yeah, you can crack it easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, brick houses are like a sideways egg, I guess. Okay. But uh, all these ancient structures are probably the strongest things that have ever been built and that's why they still stand to this day no kidding yeah no kidding. because they match the frequency whatever it is of the the world itself at any given time so the world's at a frequency so even if say uh say the you have a 9.9 earthquake the world i mean the, the earth is going to vibrate at a certain frequency mm-hmm. well anyway the great pyramid being mortarless it gives the it gives the blocks room to shake and move and vibrate at that frequency but they won't move out of place because of the way they're delayed yeah that's pretty cool it is pretty cool i want to make a pyramid and build it and <laughs> yeah. use it as my house yeah because <laughs> i don't want it to ever fall <laughs> no it's not too bad yeah, but uh the 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 walls in peru though those are the ones that captivate me the most because they're like either they'll use five ton blocks or five pound blocks yeah they looked like they were just haphazardly put in there it was like uh, the foreman said hey go find me a block that'll fit in this spot yeah go find me a block that'll fit in this spot or they shaped it to each other there is some shape to it but it doesn't look like it was extremely it, it, that's a shape it's haphazardly. You say you have a, a square that's two foot by two foot or yeah. two foot by four foot, and you just matched it up next to another one that was two foot by three foot, you know? Yeah. And but this is uh, this is why I say it's not haphazardly. That's a jaguar. Ah, and then if you step away from the wall, you have an image of a, of a jaguar yep. that was purposefully with the colors of the stones... Built Deif- into this deified wall. Deified into this wall. It's it's pretty cool how they did that. That is pretty cool. What? And, and where, where was that one? That one's in Peru. That one's in Peru. In Cusco, Peru. Okay. And this one is another stone. It has uh, 13 sides. If you go close to it, there's 13 sides. Like they etched. Okay. They, no, okay, this, the, this block is like 
this wide. Okay, but it still looks like the foreman. It's from, almost like they are melted together. Okay. Almost. Okay. All right, but it looks like the foreman said, "Hey, here's a hole. Can you just etch something and jam it into that hole?" Yeah, but if you uh, try to slide a human hair through those walls, it's impossible. Mm. Because the way the ground shakes and how the, how old these walls they have came together in such a way they cannot be broken. It's, it's super. It's wild. It is wild. And that one's where? That one's in Peru. Now there, this, okay, the Peru. Now, the Peruvians got it, man. Now in uh, in that in same picture that we're looking at. Sure. You have these little no- nodes mm-hmm. that are coming out of the wall, kind of like little handles. But why would you have just one little handle on one rock? And it's not even in the best like picking up spot. Right. So not good for right climbing so, either. So they're not good for like picking up and moving or even tying something to it what in egypt on the smaller pyramids okay we have a person standing next to the the wall they get to give it some kind of a a A scale a scale and there's a wall that's about three quarters of a person high uh, per block yeah and it goes up many 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 blocks it goes up about um i would say right at 400 feet right now. Okay. The pyramid does. That one does. And that's an Egyptian pyramid. Yeah, absolutely. And it has the same nodes coming out of the stones as it does in Peru. As the one in Peru. And they don't know each other. And they don't. That we know of. That we know of. Mm. Now, the... I'm going back to space aliens. No, I don't think so, <laughs> I think it was a global culture. Okay. Because And the reason why I say this is because of this picture alone right here. This was... In Easter Island, you know the the heads, the big, oh yeah, big Moai heads. Moa, the Moai. Moai. Well, well, anyway, people don't know, but they have a a body, arms, and even feet. Hmm. With the feet buried or something? Yeah. Well, they're usually buried up to their chest and soot. Hmm. Which takes thousands of years. Yeah. So they're dating on that. I don't believe at all. But uh, this is a site in Gobekli. Tepe, that's the oldest site that we know of, well, that they give credit to. And uh, the pillars on it, look at the hands. Mm. That's an Easter Island. Look at that same, it's the same thing. I mean, you're seeing it. So on Easter Island, and then the other one is? In modern day Turkey. In Turkey. In Iraq, basically. Oh my. Yeah. And they're very similar. Very similar. Even the big round thing on the top matches the T-shaped columns that those are. And that Gobekli Tepe it's wild. is like, I would say, the like, imagine Stonehenge being a circle, like, you know, Stonehenge, and then time set by 200. Because that's how many stone circles are still in the ground at Gobekli Tepe that haven't been uncovered. And Gobekli Tepe is where? It's in Turkey. In Turkey. In modern day Turkey. Where's Stonehenge? Stonehenge is in England. England, somewhere in England. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was what it was, but why would. Are they the same kind of no. cultures? No. Uh, the Gobekli, Gobekli Tepe is like five to 6,000 years older mm. than 
the Sumerians. Yes. So it's like 13,000 to 14,000 years old. Okay. Which uh, Stonehenge, I don't, I don't know about the dates on Stonehenge because right. it's, it's debatable. Anyway, let me show you some pictures here real quick. This, this is pretty cool. Yeah, this is good what, for the listening time, audiences. Uh, no, I got you. I got you. This is good for the listening audiences, uh, the, the pictures that you're showing to me. I'm trying to my best to, to uh, describe what the pictures are. Okay. This is in Aztec mm-hmm. right here. This is in New Zealand, ancient Egypt, and the Olmec in Mexico. And all these pictures are of monkeys? No, no it's, of a, it's of their god. Oh, it's a god, it's yeah. It's a god riding. And they all look so in similar. And a celestial being, or a, a serpent, a feathered serpent of sort. Four completely separate Cultures. parts of the world, and they're very similar gods. It's like a guy riding something. Yeah, riding in like a small craft or something. Oh, there's the one true God right there. He's, yeah, he's, he's riding all over the place, man. <laughs> another thing is these. This is that triptych symbolism I was talking about. Like uh, Masonic triptych the, temple. Like Freemasons don't know why they do this today. R- right. like, they don't know where they get this knowledge from, but they just know it's important. Mm-hmm. Like we do it in our buildings today, like cathedrals, churches, and we don't know, we don't understand it, but the the ancients. Three windows, three windows, three windows, three a door and two windows. Or three, triptych. Or three doors. Or three doors, triptych. Or two pil- pillars with. It's pretty crazy. And this is in. This is pretty cool, too. Pine cone, eternal flame. Like these are modern, some ancient. Oh, dang it. I forgot where I was at. (laughs) That happens. Well, anyway, we got that from the ancients, too. I can't can't follow that. Not like I can these other ones. All right, this is is an Aztec depiction, or a Mayan depiction. And it's still the same dude. Of God, Kubla Khan. Kind of squatted. Holding a bag. Holding a bag. Okay. Sumerian. I think that's Gucci. This is a, These are, okay. Time travelers. That's what it is. It's not ancient yeah, it's aliens. A, it's it's a, time travelers. It's either a Gucci bag or their handbag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, at Gobekli Tepe, that oldest site that we know of, there's that same bag. And oh my. And that predates that culture by at least six thousand years, and that culture by ten thousand years. This bag. I think they understood something that we do not yet understand, man. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure it out. Ethan Bailey, you, you got some, you got something started here. You got a, uh, you got some theories about just, just the theories. ancient world. Yeah, if, if and that's where you're at, man. I mean, that's where you're digging. Yeah. I mean, you're not just digging for crystals and quartzes and, <laughs> yeah. and pieces to to make jewelry from, which is what you do. That's what you start start yeah, it's doing. Just a hobby. Uh, it's a hobby, and and it could turn into a, a job of sorts where you make a couple extra extra bucks, a little extra cheese on your burger. Yeah, man. Which I only say because we're still hanging out here at Hardy's in Russellville, Arkansas. Yeah, man. And doing a chit-chat, man, right here with Ethan Bailey, man. Heck yeah. So tell the people what you want them to, to know about you, man. Uh, about how, how, do, how do they... How much time do we got? Uh, oh, we got plenty. Don't worry. It's got the, there's an alarm on. Alarm. Yeah. Uh, well, hell, man, I, 
I graduated high school at Ingers Ferry, mm-hmm. Westside. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I went to college, realized I can't write worth a crap, so. Yeah, but you've got <laughs> stuff that you need to start writing about. Man, you, you have to think, if you can recite it, you can write it, you yeah. know, and, and there are a lot of text-to-speech. A lot of people don't know or don't have the time to type something out or write something out, but if you can talk it out, you can talk it out into your yeah. computer machine. I could probably do that, and then it'll come right out as a as a written word. It'd be cool, man. I would it love. Would to, cool. I would love to, because I got so many ideas about this stuff that just vanish. Like I'll think of it one day, and yeah, and I'll man, what did I think of? Ethan Bailey, start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's easy, man. If you got a phone, you have a recorder right on your phone, and you can start a podcast. Easy as pie, oh, man. man. I got. I, I don't have time, man. Uh, you think you don't have time. You just had about an hour well, yeah, this uh, is, of chit-chatting. <laughs> this is lunch. Uh, so, at lunch, man, while you're thinking about things, you could be talking about things. Yeah. A lot of times that during the podcast, I started the other podcast, the, the Keys Dan Show, and I did that because I want to learn things. And I'm some. I never. Sometimes I don't have people to interview with, like yeah. I have you, Ethan Bailey. And I'm saying your name a lot because I want people to get it drilled in their head. Yeah, They're going to know about fine. Ethan Bailey. And, and you know, sometimes I don't have somebody to talk to, but I still want to learn something. So I'll go to a website and I'll find some some passages and and kind of research some things. Like I did a, a podcast about Queen, my favorite band, yeah, and man. I did a podcast about uh, about photography. You know, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite subjects is taking pictures of, uh, of things and people. And uh, and you could start a podcast about crystals and ancient oh, uh, no, civilizations man. and and fishing. I noticed on your on your oh, on your yeah. Facebook, I was stalking your your Facebook, and, <laughs> yeah. and you have pictures of you fishing, man. So yeah, man, I'm a there's I'm knowledge a, to I'm be an had. Avid, I'm an I'm an avid fisherman. Yeah, for sure. So, what kind of fishing do they have in Greer's Ferry? They have bass. <laughs> okay, because I'm from the Florida Keys, and fishing to me was sitting on a boat, put some poles in the water, and then have a sandwich and shoot the breeze. Yeah, that's you about know? It. that's about how it can be done. Most people that go say there's there's no fish in that lake, but uh, I got you. I don't know, man. Hey, a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work, right? That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely right, man. Now, uh, Get out with nature, you I, know, com- commune with it. How I started fishing, man, uh, my dad, well, my grandpa, he was a guide. He was one of the first guides on Grish Ferry Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was a guide. I was a guide. My brother was a guide. We know that lake probably better than anybody alive. <laughs> uh, why aren't you a guide, man? I, I was for a while, and then I moved to South Carolina. Yeah. But uh, now I'm back, man. Yeah, and welcome just, back. I, I love it. I love it here. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a good natural state, and I think that's the the motto of of Arkansas, the natural state. And you know, in the Keys, it's it was different. Had the ocean, and here it's all green, and it's it's beautiful. Fresh and it water. Is, it is very natural. <laughs> pretty cool man. and it's got some mountains got some places to hike some place so uh, i guess this portion of the show is is uh tourism for arkansas <laughs> yeah. come visit arkansas yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, maybe you can man. meet up with ethan bailey and he'll teach you how to to uh, mine for crystals or, and, or and go bow fishing I, I can take you bow fishing bow fishing yeah man wait a minute you're fishing with a bow see i'm i'm re-watching arrow on uh netflix oh uh, no no uh, this ain't nothing like that this is more like bird hunting <laughs> Have so you ever, you're taking an actual bow and arrow, yeah. compound bow. But you're shooting like maybe 
10 feet at most. Still, that takes a lot of skill, it oh, seems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> like bird hunting. You uh, lead the fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess it's, it's attached to a string of some kind? Absolutely. And, and you have to and reel yeah. it in. Yeah, uh, the refractions. The refraction sucks, man. It's, it's What's a terrible. refraction? Like when you uh, stick your straw into a glass of water and you see how it bends. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's how, that's, that's it's a how light, how you perceive light. Sure. And uh, you'll be shooting directly at a fish and you'll be, miss it by a mile. Oh, that you fish gotta, was three feet away. Our, our motto is uh, aim low. Aim low. Shout out to Mike Fenner for that. Okay. All right. See? Yeah. It, it, we're getting different facets of Ethan Bailey on the <laughs> podcast. I, I knew there was going to be something here. Oh, man. Uh, you know, it, uh, just hanging out here, having some lunch, and, and talking about things. Man, that, that ancient civilization, it, it blows my mind. And you're saying that all these different people from all over the world are using pretty much the same tactics when they're building their, their structures do you think that maybe there's only one way of building a structure to, to make it last long? Like that? Yeah. Yes. I think that is the best way. And the way they, there's a reason why they did it that way. We so just, why are we, we doing don't, it now? We don't understand why they did it like mm-hmm. that. And I think it was for uh, that energy that I was talking about with the crystals and stuff like that. And so crystals give you energy then? I think there's an unknown energy that we are not capable of figuring out that we are just too blind to see type deal so, so you can tap into the energy with yeah, the crystals I think so I think it's a it's a part of it it's a major part of it because all the cultures use the same uh, ingredients so to speak hmm it's pretty crazy, man. If you look into it, there's a lot to chomp on here, oh, man. man. You, you've gotten you give me a stuff a lot of stuff to unpack, stuff that I have to research further. Maybe this Nikola Tesla. Yeah, maybe this isn't Chris. Se- Chris Dunn. His okay. Uh, you mentioned Nikola Tesla, who Tesla, who I know and I know a lot of people know, and then you mentioned Chris Dunn in the same breath. Who's Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn. He is a uh, an engineer, and uh, if you research his work, like. Type in Chris Dunn, ancient power plant, mm-hmm. and it, he'll show you why I think the uh, the Great Pyramid was more used as a machine than it was ever like a cere- ceremonial site. I, right. I don't ever think it was a tomb. There's never been a body found in it, and it, it looks like a machine. It's constructed like a machine. I know because I've built mega machines. And, yeah. Uh, so give a little, a little back story on that. I worked in a reactor. Um, nuclear reactor. A nuclear reactor. I helped build the lower lower unit in Unit 3, V.C. So Summers. Big machines. Yeah, we got uh, shut down, though. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, it was big deal. Well, big deal. Hey. It's in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch the news, Sam. So, so maybe, Ethan, Bailey, you've given us food for thought. Um You've given us some ideas of what is going through your head, and it's going to start other people's wheels turning. Yeah, I hope now. so. I hope so, man. I hope people actually realize like that you uh, you got to take this learning yeah. into your own hands, or you're not going to. You're just going to be spoon fed a whole bunch of. And if like-minded people want to get a hold of you, how, how would they like to? Uh, would you, you like to do that? You can that? find me on Instagram. Instagram's and, the big one. Yeah, 
Okay. I'm, I'm bigger on Instagram than I am on Facebook. Yeah, I found your Facebook. I'll, I'll, I'll find your Instagram, and I'll definitely put the, the links in the show notes yeah. when I put this podcast up. And, man, Ethan Bailey, you'll, you might find some people that are along the same path trying to figure out how come these ancient civilizations built things the same way using similar blocks and similar styles and why were they cut that way and why and how are, yeah it's and how. How. how and how how did you get the seven pointed star like a, jammed right through a pile a piece of granite yeah so tough this material very tough yeah absolutely and it's uh that's it's not a drill bit. You cannot drill a five, a seven-pointed star through yeah. something. It has to go straight through. Yeah. And this is done perfectly. Or, or I guess it can be drilled, and then, oh, how deep was that? Uh, around eight, eight inches, I would say. Eight inches. Okay, so it could be a round drill and then etched afterwards with a different tool. But it would have to be a, either but why? a laser or diamond tip. tip. <laughs> Yeah, tool. yeah. It, it sounds very, very interesting. Even, All right, yeah, man. There. As we're rounding this out, uh, Ethan Bailey, uh, any last words for the people? Hey, man, uh, just keep living. <laughs> just keep living. Just keep hey, living, wait a minute. Man. When I had Matthew McConaughey, no way, that was in my dream. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's his. His the name no, of man, his. I hope, uh, I hope we get to do this again, and uh, y'all just. Keep on, keep on going out there, man. Like I said, man, look for the Ethan Bailey podcast coming real soon. I know you're going to do it, man. Because oh, yeah, you got, man. if you got knowledge, if you got ideas, if you're an interesting person, and you are, man, you said, I don't know, I'm just a regular country I'm, boy I'm, from Greer's I'm Ferry. Just a regular guy. Dude. Just a regular guy. Everybody has a story, man. Yeah. Ethan Bailey, you have a story, and there's so much more to this story that you haven't told. We're just scratching the surface, man. And yeah, we can do this again sometime. Ethan Bailey, you're the goods. That's it. What makes you famous? Ethan Bailey, last word. Over and out. There you have it, party people. Ethan Bailey. If you want to get a hold of Ethan Bailey, find him on the Facebook. Find him on the Instagram. He says Instagram. He's he's more into that, so I'll definitely put the notes, uh, the links to his Instagram and his Facebook in the show notes and you can find out more about this man who's you know he's he had questions and he has questions and he has hypotheses and and theories about what happened in ancient times how pyramids were built and all over the world the construction of these pyramids so similar and he showed me so many pictures of different brick building and how did that building no mortar but the bricks jigsaw puzzled perfectly together. These bricks that weigh anywhere from five pounds to five tons. How did they get moved so many miles? Yes, you can have thousands of people trying to move this one brick, but to move it, it, it seems so impossible or improbable. And I, I know that there's scientists that have said, well, yeah, if you had this many people over that much time using these types of tools, things can happen. Well, he has ideas that, that need answers, and maybe we won't get those answers, but it does give you food for thought. It gives you pause. It gives you something to think about. So you might look up some of these ancient uh, civilizations and the theories that have been posed and all the 
ideas that are already out there. We'll throw Ethan Bailey into the mix because he's out there. He's out there cr- collecting crystals. He does that. So he's some kind of a geologist where he likes to go out and get the crystals and wraps them in copper in intricate ways. And he showed me some of the pictures of the the necklaces and the jewelry that he's made for different people. Some people commission him to do this jewelry. And uh, he's wearing he's you know his proof is in the pudding his his money's worth his his mouth is any other cliches that you could throw at me he's wearing some of the jewelry that he has made himself just going out into well here's a a little stint for arkansas tourism uh come out to arkansas and mine for crystals you know And, and i think arkansas is well from what i've heard don't quote me i'm not even gonna look it up arkansas is the last place that you could find diamonds in the country is that right is it the or is it the, the, the biggest place that you could find diamonds in the country i know there's something to do with that but you can diamond mine right here in arkansas <laughs> that's great you know and if you're not you know if you don't find any diamonds there's crystals there's other booble bobbles that you could collect and put together like ethan bailey does he just he wraps these things up in different wires and different colored wires whatever the customer wants that he he will co- do a, a commission just for you so he's an artist oh and plus he did show me some artwork so there's so many more facets of ethan bailey he's, he was a skater he does martial arts uh, he showed me a video of him on instagram where he's doing a backflip a standing backflip uh, you know the kid's athletic he, i mean 26 years old all right the kid's an athlete <laughs> so but uh there's there's so much more to ethan bailey that he didn't get to in fact he because of time constraints you know he had only had an hour for for lunch but he showed me so much more that that he has and he says man that was fun i want to do another podcast well ethan bailey we will do another podcast and we'll talk about the other facets of your life oh yeah he plays guitar too so (laughs) put that in your pipe and smoke it (laughs) the kid's multifaceted everybody has a story everybody came from somewhere you have a story yeah i'm talking to you you have a story if you want to tell your story on the what makes you famous podcast i encourage you give me a call 501-470-6386 or email info at radio what.com that's it for this installment of the what makes you famous podcast thank you ethan bailey for coming on it's keys dan radio what.com dj little rock.com peace i'm out of here radio what the music you want Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The system of democracy was introduced 2,500 years ago in Athens, Greece. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Hey Keys Dan, what you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day, click on the request tab at the top of Radio What. Dot com. Radio what? Dot com.